0: This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of, well, Nick Checks In here on the Chicago Podcast Network. It's great to uh, be back with all of you. I found myself with a little bit of time today, and I am, uh, well, I guess we should do the proper first. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Sidetown Podcast One. And you can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. You know, I find myself a little bit of free time today, and I figured I'd check in with all of you guys with all the craziness that's going on. And while I know that my opinion on things is probably low on your totem pole, I would hope that you know, I at least give you some comfort when we do these shows together and when we communicate and when we talk. And I've been working on this thing in my brain, and I was going to write it, but I felt like audio is where I excel, at least at communicating, so I might as well keep going with that. Funny thing. I live in my hometown. Now, I've basically lived in my hometown my entire life, with the exception of three years where I lived out in Bensonville, still near to where I grew up. But I've lived in the Chicagoland area my entire life. However, when you live in your hometown, you know, you go past the same things every day for your entire life. And recently, every morning, you know, I get up and I drive to work. And on that drive is my high school. And I drive past it every day. And it's a weird thing to do because you reflect on how old you are, which is sad. The good times you had as a kid in town. And I drive past the library and I drive past the dairy bar and I drive past you know the bar I used to get drunk at every other night. And I think about my life and I'm sad now. And I'm sad because things are happening at a level and a speed that we haven't dealt with before with the Donald Trump administration. And it goes to last week's firing of FBI Director James Comey straight through to, I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 16th, and... Last night, it was revealed by The Washington Post that Donald Trump inadvertently released classified information to the Russians, having to do with intelligence gathering policies and or intelligence gathering operations and top secret clearance, classified information, all of that. He inadvertently allowed that to be released to the Russians uh, through a conversation that he was having. With the Russian ambassador and the Russian foreign minister. Now, legally, and this is important for all of you out there who are hoping that this means something more than it does. Legally, the president is allowed to declassify information almost at will. There are exceptions, but for the most part he is able to do that. If that is what would have happened here, I think the complaint would be different. But that is not what happened. What happened... Is Donald Trump in a moment of forgetfulness or laziness or trying to come off as cool, legitimately released classified information? Accidentally, (laughs) accidentally. And then this morning took to Twitter to defend his actions, saying that he had the right to do so in the spirit of cooperation. If that were the case, you could see his argument. But I don't believe him, and I don't think most of you do either. Even his supporters, I imagine, do not believe him when he says that he did it for the purposes of building bridges with the Russians and trying to get them to commit more to fight against ISIS. I am sorry. I do not believe that explanation. I believe you said something that you shouldn't have said got caught and are now trying to cover up in the same way that you've covered up your business failings, Mr. President. But it goes beyond what happened just last night, because the truth is, again, legally, there's no nothing to be done here. Uh, he admitted to Lester Holt that he fired James Comey, in part because of his involvement in the Russia investigation and the fact that it was he thought it was taking too long. And I go back to my high school and, and that drive. This is different. It feels different. Now, I don't know if that's just because I stand in opposition to what the Republicans tend to fight for most of the time. I don't know if it feels different because Donald Trump is the most unqualified man to every president of the United States. I don't know why it feels different. I just know that when I drive past my school, when I drive past the parks where I play Little League... And I can just see it all disappearing. And I don't mean like the school isn't going to be there or that. Let's see. I don't mean that they're going to burn or that we're talking Terminator 2 apocalyptic nightmare scape here. There are things that I've always believed. And in the last 18 months, that has been shook to its core, and it's not just Trump, it's the reaction to him, it's the fact that the Republican-controlled Congress is not moving to isolate and and investigate this properly. It's that Mitch McConnell, who is the Senator from Kentucky, has, and the Senate Majority Leader, has gone out of his way to defend policy and politics over country. I'm reflecting on, on Richard Nixon, and and I wasn't alive for Nixon. I was born in 1982. And Nixon, when he left office, I, you know, I didn't experience that. So I've been asking my parents, my family, friends, does, does this feel like that? And my, my dad made a great point. He said the thing with, with Nixon was it was every day for a year and a half a new story about Watergate. And... It just kept building and building and building and building. And then you started seeing guys resign, guys go to jail until it eventually landed in the Oval Office. And I wonder if that's where we're headed. I don't know. What I do know is that when I drive past my high school, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for the kids who go there. Uh, I'm afraid for kids who go to much worse high schools than mine. Uh, I'm afraid for truth and justice and the reason i'm afraid for truth and justice is uh, one of the reasons you'll hear me reference superheroes and pro wrestling and movies in general and entertainment when we do this show is i find comfort in them i find comfort in superhero stories uh, specifically because they draw a line these are the good guys these are the bad guys pro wrestling is similar a lot of movies are similar and i look at those And I wish that the world worked like that. Now, obviously, that's a child's fantasy. I'm not foolish. But part of the reason that I want that is because it makes things a hell of a lot easier. I don't know if Donald Trump is a villain. I don't. I, 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 I wish that I had a simpler answer for you than that. I think the people that are around him are villains. I think that he is as I said before uniquely unqualified for this job he's doesn't do the prep work necessary before meetings you see it in the way he looks at people you know he had a meeting with President Xi that apparently went really well and now he thinks the two of them are best friends I, I've seen this before in social groups that I've been a part of That's the stuff that I'm starting to become afraid of, that this guy doesn't know what's going on in the real world because he's lived in an ivory tower his whole life, not to mention one he built himself. The firing of the FBI director, we'll focus on that for a second, is is a major deal. It has never been done before, with the exception of one time during Bill Clinton's administration, when it was found that it was a misappropriation of government funds by the then-FBI director, which I think, Republican or Democrat, we can all agree is a reason to be fired from your government job. This was a political firing. This was, as they've been saying on the news, banana republic-like. This was third world. This was, as they said on the Daily Show, Africa shit. This was dictator stuff. You you fire the guy who's investigating you because you don't want to be investigated. That doesn't happen in the U.S., or at least it didn't until last week. It doesn't. You know, we sit here, and, and this is the thing that I've been fighting with a lot of people, and it goes to the FBI director firing. I have a friend of mine. <coughs> excuse me. I was the best man at his wedding, and I love this dude. He's one of my best friends. And he and I started talking and I was trying to explain it to him and he was saying like a lot of people are and I use my friends as barometers because they do run the gambit of political belief and he really was trying to argue that it's all media bullshit and I said no man like I get what you're saying with some of this stuff but this is not that. This is a major breach of federal protocol. This is a major breach of investigation. Technically speaking, if they can prove that he fired him simply because of the investigation, it's probably obstruction of justice, which is grounds for impeachment. Pretty much, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as we've mentioned before, and you can find the video on crack.com, you can basically, if you're the Congress right now, impeach Donald Trump at any point because of his violations of the Emoluments Clause. But that's a different conversation. The firing of the director of the FBI is very disturbing to me. Not because he did it. I mean, I didn't find that shocking. I don't think any of you did either. What I found shocking was the reaction to it. I want you to go in your head and imagine that this is 2013. And that Barack Obama fired the FBI director during the midst of the Benghazi investigation. Think of that. Picture that in your head. Of the fallout from that. And tell me what you think would have happened. What Republicans would have done? What Mitch McConnell, uh huh, would have done had that happened? He is a traitor, and he is a criminal, and we are going to investigate. Which is basically what they did for Benghazi, anyway. But imagine he had fired the director of the FBI during that investigation, or, or had gone after the, center, the the Congressional Intelligence Committee, or any of that sort of stuff. You would have seen. You know, a holy war declared on Barack Obama, (laughs) weird use phrase there, by the right. And we're not seeing that now with Donald Trump. And that's what I find most disturbing. That's the part that I find scary. I have always believed that we can disagree on policy, we can disagree on how things should be done, and I don't have a problem with that. If you're a conservative who believes that small government, limited government, is the way to stimulate growth, explain it to me, show me stuff, and I'll show you numbers back the other way, and maybe we can come to a compromise in the middle of limiting, because I think government can be too big too, absolutely, I'm not not so far gone to the left that I think that government should do everything, I do think that government can be used as a tool to help people and I think that the right thinks that small business and community organizations are the ones to do that and maybe they're right maybe they're wrong maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong I don't know but we try stuff and we see what works my problem is, is that when something works or something doesn't and we stick with it because of party beliefs that's the problem that we currently all find ourselves in When you fire the director of the FBI for investigating you, that should be it. Congress should be impaneled. There should be investigations. And and, and again, it's scary as hell that I find myself agreeing with John McCain and Lindsey Graham on an almost daily basis as to what needs to take place going forward. That's the stuff that's just disturbing as shit. That we find ourselves having to have arguments with people and have discussions with people about what this all means and where it's all going and what the end line is. A while back, if you listen to this show regularly, sometime in, I want to say January, it may have been right after the election though, AJ and I did a show together and I said, you know, you've got to kind of right now, draw your line. What's your your moment? Like, what is the moment where you stand up in complete opposition of not just the president, but the entire government for failing you. And for a while, for a while, I thought that it would be troops being sent in to quell a protest, National Guard on the south side of Chicago, that that would be the moment where you have to stand in opposition to the government. For me personally, you know, each person has their own line. The firing of the person investigating you, though, that's close, man. If you're listening to this, you know, I'm a man who, who believes in reason. I really do. Despite the fact that I go off the handle sometimes, uh, I don't believe in making any decisions when you're overly emotional. I don't. I've never have. Uh, if possible, if possible, slow down, take a breath, reason shit out, have a conversation, discuss stuff, do whatever you can do. What I find myself doing more and more of now, though, is trying to figure out where, where it stops. Because it's every day I mean it's every goddamn day with this shit you you can't stop it's, it's you know, he fires the FBI director. Then he lies about why he did it. Then the staff comes out and defends the lie. Then he completely disregards the lie. Then they have to come out and lie again about the lie. And now we've spent four days talking about the director of the FBI. Meanwhile, we don't have a director of the FBI to investigate the sitting president for his possible ties to Russia. And and look, I'm not one of these people. I do not believe that Donald Trump is being told what to do by Vladimir Putin. I don't. That That, that involves a level of Conspiracy that I'm not comfortable agreeing with, unless you can show me legit, straight up orders coming from one and him acting them out. That I that then we're fine. But short of that, it's hard for me to believe that he's taking straight orders from him. I believe he's being manipulated by the Russians. I believe that his. Business interests there that we don't know anything about may could be incredibly extensive I don't know and none of us will know that until his tax returns are released But as my father the accountant pointed out getting his tax returns isn't going to prove anything to anybody Because even if you do that he's going to have it hidden in shell companies all across the country And and honestly all across the world So you're not going to be able to find the information that you necessarily need just from a 1040 being released This stuff is serious. This stuff is real. This stuff affects your life. And I really do find myself sitting here going, like, is the system that screwed? And I'm not a big fan of systems in general. I hate authority, you know, for the most part. It's it's, it's usually based on some sort of bullshit rule that doesn't matter. But there are things that do matter in government, there are positions that are important. You know, I think of all those movies I used to love growing up, of the political thriller, the mystery thriller, the newspaper thriller, you know, I've just got to get this piece of information to the press, and as long as the world knows, you know, everything will change. And that's what Edward Snowden thought, Edward Snowden thought, get out of Hawaii, get this information to David Greenwald of The Guardian, get this information in front of people and everyone will, will rise up in arms and demand a change. And realistically, folks, Edward Snowden released arguably the most damning piece of information in the history of the United States for at least for the last 40 years. And we didn't do anything about it. Not really. You know, this is the thing that scares me about Donald Trump right now. He continues on a daily basis to do crazy, inane, weird shit. It blows up the media for about 24 to 36 hours you finally get a handle on what's going on and then a new emergency erupts and it just doesn't stop now part of that is how the news media You know blows stuff up but a part of it is that this stuff is worthy of it One of the biggest problems that we're having right now is that CNN, MSNBC, Fox News uh, Washington Post, New York Times, you know National Review All these organizations have spent the last 10 years Either under Bush or under Obama conflating non-stories into big events That now that we have real stories with real impact Nobody believes them because they have no credibility left And I don't know what the solution to that is. And I'm willing to listen to them if you got them. You know, send me an email, Network at gmail.com. Please get in contact with me if you've got an idea of how to fix the media credibility issue. Because I understand it. I mean, I turn on CNN and it's breaking news 24-7. Well, that just doesn't make fucking sense, does it? I turn on MSNBC and you've got every Democratic congressman and senator lined up to defend uh, you know, liberal policies and attack Donald Trump, but you can't get a single Republican. I see Republicans on Fox News defending the president, but you can't get a single Democrat on there to stand in opposition. These people just keep fighting and they keep making shit up as far as, like I'm talking about the politicians now, and they're not called on it enough. You know, we've got... Anderson Cooper is now the ultimate fact checker in the United States. And I don't think that that's a system that can, can sustain itself. So I go back to my high school. And I look at the grass. And I look at the stadium. And the ice rink that's nat- attached to the property that I worked at for 12 years. That is funded by the government. That paid me a salary. Well, a hourly wage of minimum wage. But they paid me through the government to work there. I love that place. It is... Probably one of my favorite places on earth is the Glenview Ice Rink. My boss there was one of the coolest dudes you'd ever seen. He ran that building the way it's supposed to be. It was a place for kids to come to be safe and and learn about hockey and learn about figure skating and learn, in, in my instance, how to deal with working with people that you don't like. It was an important thing, but it's not a business. It's a park district. But now there are conservatives who have taken over the, the government of my hometown in some aspects who are now forcing them to run it like a business. Well, it's not a business. It's a park district building. It's not there to turn a profit. It's there to be used by the public. If you wanted to turn a business, then you need to privatize it and sell it off to a private company who pays you a lease. But that's not what we're doing there. And that's not what we're doing in this country. There's this theory that we all need to be running things like a business. Well, business and government are two very different things. And I go back to the FBI director being fired, and you have a guy in office who is the ultimate example of 80s business bullshit, running a country, and thinks that he can get away with this stuff. And why wouldn't he think that, folks? Why wouldn't he think that? What possible reason does Donald Trump have to believe that he's going to get called on any of this bullshit? Apparently, according to reports, that, if you're willing to believe them from CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, that he's agitated and wandering around the residence late at night, unable to sleep. He thinks that everyone's out to get him. He's got Nixonian paranoia starting to build. That happens to people in high-pressure situations. And especially if you're not the most mentally strong person in the world, couldn't you see... How Donald Trump thinks that everyone's out to get him and that it's all a big conspiracy. He's supposedly, you know, limiting his circle to just family at this point. That's dangerous shit. That is not the job of the president. The president is the executive of the country. He is the chief executive. His job is to make decisions and to do so in good faith with the American people and in defense of the Constitution. He swears to protect, uh, what what is it, honor, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. He's not doing that. He's overriding sections of that law just to be able to do whatever he wants. Because Donald Trump seems to think, President Donald Trump, I'm sorry, if I've done it else in this podcast, I apologize. I do mean to give him the respect of the office because the office matters. President Donald Trump believes he can do whatever he wants. He thinks that he is in a kingdom for lack of a better way of describing it he thinks that he's king at least that's what it comes off as i don't know i truly am struggling with this you fire the director of the fbi you you accidentally release information to the russians in the oval office which i do believe was an accident i think it was an ego play look at what i know and you don't and i get it but that doesn't mean that the guy needs gets a free pass because he's so inexperienced. And, and that's the part that I'm finding more and more terrifying about this story. Is that he is able to do whatever he wants with almost complete impunity. And nobody seems to be batting an eye outside of the people who make money off of the fact that you're losing your mind with it. Because think about it. Who benefits right now from what's happening? CNN benefits, Fox News benefits, MSNBC benefits, because we're all on it 24 7. Their ad rights are going to, by the end of the month, the ad rates on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, you know, Reuters, the AP, All of them. The Atlantic, and I always mention National Review, you can just go through and name a publication that does political coverage. Their ad rates are going to double, if not triple, by the end of the month because of the amount of coverage that they're getting. So it doesn't behoove them to really stop this. And I don't know where that decision gets made. Is that the decision made at the news director's desk? I don't want to believe that. I know people who work in news. You know, I've worked at radio stations. I've worked at big radio stations. I've worked with people who have gone on to do amazing things. And I will tell you, folks, that the conspiracy that you hear about that there's some sort of grand liberal plan is bullshit. That's not what's going on. What's going on is very simple. Ratings mean money. What gets us ratings? Donald Trump is the greatest rating, ratings getter in the history of news. More people are watching CNN on a daily basis now than ever have before. And I'm one of them. So are you. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast this long, you're a news junkie just like me and you've been sitting here for the last two weeks going, what the fuck is going on? When does this shit stop? I drive past my high school every day and I get this anxiety attack when I go home because I just think about how quickly and easily this stuff can all fade away and be turned against us very quickly. We have a Secretary of Education who wants to privatize education. Well, what about kids who can't afford that? Oh, well, screw them. We have a Republican Party that stands in opposition of abortion so much so that they're going to cancel foreign aid and medical aid to other countries because they offer abortion as an idea. And as a result of that religious-backed idealism, they're going to kill people in third-world countries and nobody seems to give a shit. We have, right now, As we are talking, a tax plan and a health care plan that legitimately takes money from the poorest Americans and funnels it to the top. And if you think that that's the way for us to go to make money, you're out of your fucking mind. Because history has proven that that's never the case. I don't know what we do going forward. I wish I had an answer for you. I wish that vigilance was enough it's not being able to identify the bullshit is not enough we have to figure out a way to stop it we have to figure out a way to end this because I don't know about you but I can't handle this shit anymore I really can't every day I wake up the first thing I do is check CNN and every single day it's a new horrible headline and I wish that I could say it's just because it's CNN, so I've tried breaking it up. Go to MSNBC, go to NBC News, CBS News, Fox News. Go to anyone you want, and every single day is just a new headline that it basically implies that, oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. And the worst thing about it is, is, like I have to come on here today, folks, and do this show. Alien comes out on Friday, and if you don't think that I'm ecstatic to go see a Xenomorph, you know, fight Danny McBride, you're nuts. That's 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 all I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about pro wrestling. We still haven't really gotten a chance to talk about the fact that the fucking Undertaker retired, and all of this stuff that I wanted to do with my podcast has all been swallowed up by the hairpiece. It's nuts, and it needs to be curtailed. It needs to be slowed down. There needs to be some action. Paul Ryan needs to grow a goddamn pair and come out and fight for what's right. And for the record, Republicans, I hate to break it to you, but you're curting yourself here because if one of you, if one of you, if one of you stood up and publicly asked for impeachment hearings right now, you'd probably be the most popular Republican since Ronald Reagan. Think about that. There are options here. But they won't do it. Because party comes first. Because it's all integrated with money and greed and bullshit. And that's the danger of all of this. Because it is about money. If you don't think it's about money, you're nuts. Look at Donald Trump's tax plans. Look at his business uh, loopholes that he wants to enact. These are things that he wants to put in for his friends, for his people. For the billionaire class. Because he knows what's being stifled. He wants to repeal a tax code that cost him $35 million 10 years ago. And I'm not making that up. That's an actual number. You can find it. This is unprecedented what is happening right now. This isn't even corruption. I wish it was corruption. Corruption's easy. Corruption, you find the money, you put you, you 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 draw the line to the quid pro quo and it's over. This isn't that. This is incompetence. How do you prove incompetence? How do you prove that? how do you, how do, you do that in a way that is worthy of firing somebody? Think about your job and someone you know at your job who's incompetent. That's a hard thing to prove. I'm sitting here folks and I'm af- I'm I'm afraid and I'm worried and I'm angry too by the way because the stuff that I took for granted, the stuff that I believed about who we were as a people, that's superman shit. Truth, justice, and the American way. I believe that Wholeheartedly. Now, I disagree with people on what that means. I believe Edward Snowden is is truth, justice in the American way. Stand up for what's right. Take whatever punishment. Avoid whatever punishment you can avoid. But you know, take the fallout of what your actions are. I've always, always, always believed that. But now I don't know. I know that even if you were to, I, I do know this. This is the one thing I am unfortunately certain of. If you walked in tomorrow to, let's say, the House of Representatives and sat down with Paul Ryan with documented paperwork that proves that Vladimir Putin played Donald Trump $10 million and has a written email asking him to run for president so that he can control the Oval Office. If you had that smoking gun, I still don't think that that would do it. And that's where we're at. Ask yourself that question, what's the, lie, what's the evidence, what would need to happen for the Republican Congress and the Republican-controlled Senate to actually enact proceedings to remove their party's representative from the White House? Really ask yourself that, because I don't know where that line is. And that's why I'm afraid. And that's why I'm angry. And that's why when he fires the director of the FBI, when he releases classified information accidentally to the Russians. When I drive past my high school every day and I get afraid because the stuff that I believed in, the stuff that I took for granted, even simple things like clean water, Flint, Michigan, by the way, still going on, can't be taken for granted anymore. This stuff needs to be fought for. And I don't know who's the per- who the people are to stand up and fight for me. I wish I could say it was members of Congress. Some of them are doing a very good job, but they're not getting the press needed to to really enact change. I wish it was Dick Durbin, Illinois Senator. He ain't doing much. Tammy Duckworth is an amazing, accomplished woman. Not a lot she can do. They're in the minority. It's going to be Republicans. So call your congressmen, call your senators, call your friends, congressmen too. You know, I got a buddy of mine lives up in, who's technically still registered to vote in Paul Ryan's district, and he calls him every day. Do that. Fight. And uh, we're going to end this show with my new ending, and it's unfortunately a line from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but resist. Resist today. Resist tomorrow. Resist until the hairpiece is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Chicago Podcast Network. Nick's checks, Nick checks in. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, probably later in the week, too, with another update. But I wanted to check in with all you guys. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast 1. You can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, calling. Well, not calling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your emails and all your feedback. If you want to ask us us any questions, feel free to do so. Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. The phrase that I'm looking for right now is, uh, I'm out. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.